Hello, everybody. My name is Rick McCutcheon. I'm a Dynamics Business Application MVP, and I want to thank you for tuning into Digital Adoption Talks. Today, there are over 300,000 business professionals with digital adoption in their job titles on LinkedIn. On this show, along with my co-host, Joachim Schiermacher, CEO of ClickLearn, we are going to talk to some of the leading digital adoption experts in the Microsoft ecosystem, and we do have one today. This week, we're thrilled to be talking to Dynamics Business Application MVP and content creator extraordinaire, Dion Taylor. Dion, introduce yourself. Tell us sure. who well, you are first of all, and Rick, what you do. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so my name is uh, Dion Taylor. I'm also a business applications MVP for Dynamics 365 customer engagement. And I have been working with the application for, oh my goodness, since version 4.0. So it's about 12, 13 years or so. Time flies when you're having fun, right? And I actually work for RSM as a director in pre-sales, which means I get to uh, like show all the good stuff, right? To the, uh, to the prospects and uh, to the customers. So yeah, it's been fun. Okay, uh, Dion, you know, I've talked to you before about this, but tell us about your journey from, I'll let you tell people what you did for a living all the way through to yeah, MVP. Yeah, so I do not have an IT background whatsoever. Um, I actually lived in the Netherlands first, as most people probably know by now because I keep saying it. Um, and I was a hairdresser and then I worked at a clothing store. So then I moved to the US, started working uh, in the mailroom, did that for a couple of years, then had a job in HR. So I've really been dabbling everywhere. And then I got a job also in HR, but this was with a VAR. So this was a, a reseller. And I was able to have, after a couple of years, a conversation with leadership kind of saying that I wanted to do something in IT versus, you know, kind of stepping out of uh, HR and they, came back to me and said, well, we want to sell this thing called uh, Dynamic CRM. Are you interested? So at that point in time, I had no clue what that was, but uh, I was very excited about it. So that's kind of how my, my journey got started. Yeah, it's crazy, right? But it also kind of tells you that, you know, anybody can make that switch, right? Anybody that's not that does not have that background in IT can get educated and, and work hard and basically get a career. Uh, just like I did, so. And, you know, from that point to become an MVP, that's, you know, a stretch. So, you know, congratulations on being able to do that. And talk a little bit about how you started to create content and about the content yeah, so, that you created. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember, like, going to my first Microsoft, it was the Power, Co no, not the Power Conference, Microsoft's Partner Conference. Uh, that was in LA in 2011, I believe. And there were obviously some MVPs presenting there. And it, it was just amazing to kind of interact with those people, you know what I mean? And I was kind of blown away by their knowledge. So uh, being able to also work with Rachel Prophet, who at the time was an MVP as well and working at uh, RSM, she kind of like mentored me and, and kind of helped me get on the way, so to speak. Um, so I've I just, I think I published like a little over 150, 
yeah, I think it was a little over 150 articles right now on my website, which is d365goddess.com. And I really try to focus on the new stuff, right? What's coming out? What's part of the release wave? What is in preview today? Um, those types of things, because it's really, for me, it's kind of like, what would I want to know? I would want to know about stuff that's coming out. So that's kind of why I've been focusing on that. And then I think it's also important that not everybody wants to read an article, right? So I always try to accompany me. I can't even say the word. I always try to put an a video with the article as well. So that people that prefer to uh, view the content versus read it also have the ability to do that as well. Okay, you okay, would you like to ask uh, Dion anything? Yeah, absolutely. So so one of the things, I don't think anyone can become an MVP, to be honest. You're, you're saying that everyone can take your career choice. I don't think that's possible, but but I think that is for the elite few and you're obviously one of them. But but I'm I'm really curious about when you're when you are delivering the content on your side and you're you're obviously tracking everything that's happening inside D365. What do you think is the 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 great new things that are coming now? What what you what would you emphasize if you had like one choice of of all all the new features that are coming out? I am so excited about what Microsoft is doing with Copilot. I know probably everybody thinks was thinking this is going to be my answer, and unfortunately, yes, it is. Um, yesterday, Microsoft actually announced yeah. Copilot for field service, um, which is not available just yet, but it's coming out. So we can kind of experiment with that and kind of play around with that. So I'm super excited about that. Um, also, if you look at Copilot in sales and, and some of the additional things that they're planning, I just had a, a meeting with one of the PMs uh, to discuss some of those things that they're working on. Unfortunately, it's on their NDA, so I can't really go into detail. But um, yeah, really bringing AI into the equation, I think is just so exciting and is really gonna help also with the adoption of the platform, right? Which is kind of what we're talking about today as well. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like seeing the way that they uh, uh, got unseen with the uh, with the entire idea around oh, the yeah, internet absolutely. browser, right? Uh, it, it's, it's really happening very, very fast yeah. and very and accelerated, nice thing, right? So right, I'm, I'm and the nice thing impressed. I feel like it's not just one application, right? It's not just in your CRM system. Oh, it's also in Microsoft uh, Office and, 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 right, those types of things. So it's, it's crazy yeah. what they're doing right now. I think it's kind of expensive. I think though, I right? read it was like thirty. Don't hold me to this. I think it was like thirty dollars per user for um, Microsoft three sixty five. I believe so, something like that. But if you're looking at, uh, yeah. for example, yeah. Sales Copilot, which is right, you have that integration with Outlook and with Teams, yeah. and then which is currently GA, and then later on we're going to get Sales Copilot inside of Dynamics. I know that that is part of the license if you, I believe if you have enterprise or if you have premium currently. So for people that already have that, they can really start to, to take advantage of that today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's some really so exciting think, things happening as well in the, uh, in the, the Microsoft AI space, really interesting. And we're working a lot on the, uh, on the Azure part of it. So on the open AI right now, we're integrating that completely oh, yeah. into our product. It's really interesting to see how many models are out there, uh, the capabilities that you can provide virtually out of the box and put into your own solution. So it's really, really going fast. Yeah. 
So when we start to look at, you know, all these new tools and we're, you know, let's kind of bring it back to digital adoption, which it really is. So Dion, you're talking to customers a lot about at a point where they're either getting started or they're adding new functionality. So let's talk about where digital adoption comes in. Yeah, I think I think it's a very important piece, right? When you're actually implementing a system, it doesn't matter what type of system that you're implementing. Um, I think it's super important. And I, I think we really, especially at RSM also, we really try to help these organizations by uh, creating these effective onboarding strategies, right? And I, I think you also kind of need to think about not just the onboarding strategy, but what about after, right? Because uh, if we're just talking about Microsoft and Salesforce and like all of these other tools that are out there today, it's 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 constantly improving and evolving, right? So you also, uh, I feel, need to continue on after you've implemented a system and after you've onboarded uh, your your employees. And and I, I think it's so important as well because it really affects your ROI, right? If you have a good digital adoption strategy and the you're gonna have so much better more efficient workflows, right? People are going to be more efficient. So the the productivity is going to be so much better, which then it's, it's kind of like a domino effect almost, right? So people are getting more productive, which means you're reducing costs, all that kind of stuff. So I definitely think it's, it's one of the main things that kind of makes or breaks uh, a whole software implementation, so to speak. Okay. And Joachim, is, is AI going to help the user uh, with digital adoption or is it going to give them another level of complexity? Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's going to help them. So the, the straight out answer is that the, the level of complexity, you know, we've been working on uh, maybe, you know, 20 different prototypes and how do we integrate our own content, which is our entire digital adoption uh, content into an AI and get reasonable responses from that. So it basically means that any new employee can ask any question inside a, a chat, completely secure chat GPT session where you are, your things are not going back into the uh, the general chat GPT network. And you can find that in, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi are mixing the, the things together. Everything is happening com- completely isolated and the, the responses we are getting uh, out of this world. Well, we, I, recently, we took out, we have an entire learning platform with everything that you can do inside our product, which is basically described in processes. We dumped that into uh, uh, an open AI service. Alongside that, we took our entire universe content, which is like 1800 uh, pages of content. Uh, normally, it's, it's served at, at sort of a course level. But we simply dumped the entire text into the AI and we started asking questions about the software. And I got to be honest with you, uh, there's pretty much nothing that this service does not know about our software. And if I ask any anyone in my organization, there's nowhere where we have that level of knowledge around the product. So what's good, that? how's that going to help in your adoption? Well, imagine you're a new employee inside an organization. You need to know the processes. You, you don't know the business either. So you're coming in, you're coming into a completely new setup. You need to understand everything. And every question you ask into a, a chat session now tells you both about the processes, but it combines information about the business and how we do business inside our world. 
it's 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 uh, it's delivering a world class uh, onboarding experience. And it can deliver content from your library or from Dion's library, whatever is going to help that. Use. Multiple sources uh, mixed together. We can take in vendor content. We can take in uh, our, uh, the content that the customer produces. But we can also take in, uh, let's say, you have complex documents behind uh, the scene that are either dedicated to all the specific uh, function inside the company, it could be sales information, it could be information about delivery. We'll post that in and we'll, uh, depending on your role inside the business system, We'll make sure that it's only the relevant content that goes to you. And every time we serve something around a specific instruction, if you're asking something that even remotely resembles an instruction inside our system, we'll pop up that instruction. You can take it directly into your system and start working with it. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, so, it's a new world. So, Dion, is this a game changer when we talk to I customers so. about technology? Because do the customers have the vision and also do they have the data that they need, you know, because of poor digital adoption in the past? Yeah, that to is really an get excellent question, Rick. But I, I also wanted to kind of because because uh, Joachim was kind of talking about the internal, right? The employees accessing AI and accessing all those documents. But I also kind of want to emphasize a little bit of the customer experience, right? So, for example, think about Power Virtual Agent that you can now just point to documents that you might have or uh, you might have a website that you can just point it to. So the experience also from that customer perspective becomes a lot better as well, right? Because you can now use those tools to better help your customers. And again, that kind of reflects back internally as well, because if the chatbot is kind of taking care of that by using those tools like ChatGPT, et cetera, um, there's going to be less stress on them as well. I know it kind of like alleviate it from what you were asking, but um, yeah, I think it's kind of like you do, I think you're right with probably some companies that are not there yet, right? That kind of need to get their, their stuff in order. I almost want to say first, and we see that a lot also, if even if we're not even talking about, you know, all of this, this type of functionality, even with like a simple CRM implementation, if you have companies that have just been working on spreadsheets and have not really, you know, any documented processes or something, that's something that I would uh, kind of tell them to focus on first, right? Because you want to make sure that you walk before you run. So. So I think yeah. that's a game changer again for partners. You know, we're going to be look. We're not going to be just you know saying, okay, what functionality do you need, Mister 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 or Mrs. Customer? It's going to be like, let's look at what you're doing now and let's see how we can improve. Yeah, one hundred percent agreed. I I think you never should ask the customer like really too much about the software. It's more of like understanding their business, understanding what they want to accomplish as a business, right? They're not familiar with the software. So I remember when I was implementing, like I said earlier, I'm now mostly on the pre-sales side, but when I was doing implementations, a lot of times I had customers that said, I want you to build this and build this and it, it needs to do this. And, and I don't think that's a good way to just blindly follow what your customer is saying. I would always try to go, uh, kind of behind the, okay, why do you want to do this? What's the end goal of that? And I think that's like you said, Rick, kind of where 
you know, the partners step in, right? Really understanding it and then translating that in that digital journey that the company can take. Yeah, I think that it's really fundamental for if you do anything that's uh, with customer-driven innovation, uh, it's so important that that you get beneath uh, uh, the house, which is always what people are instructing you to do. If if someone has a piece of software and they're telling you that goes for our software as well, saying that that button needs to go green, you always need to understand why it needs to go green. And typically, the underlying pain that they're trying to solve by making the uh, button green can be yeah. solved much more elegantly in a much better way. So, so we're not, you know, if you're, if you're mindlessly taking in the input of, of the client and saying, I need to implement exactly what they're saying, uh, you, you probably missed the entire idea around customer driven uh, innovation. You need to ask the whys, uh, and the what you want to achieve, not so much the hows, because you have a much better understanding, uh, from a consultant or a vendor perspective on your own software. Uh, from what actually, what do we actually need to do to serve that? How can we serve that better for every client, not just for the guy who wants to be important? So, so I think uh, this is this is absolutely uh, right. So, Dion, are you seeing the conversation change with customers away from we're having a CRM conversation, we're having an ERP conversation, we're having a modern workplace conversation to a conversation that here's my business. And these are all business applications. Absolutely. It's so funny you said that because those were really the conversations that we used to have, right? Ten years ago, it was all very much all in his own little buckets of like the different, okay, we're talking about this system and we're talking about that system. I've always kind of tried to stay away from that regardless and kind of focus on also what Joachim was saying, right? Talk about the issues that you're facing. It's the same thing when I'm doing demos. I, I don't like to do overview demos because I don't think they have any value whatsoever. Tell me what your problem is that you're trying to solve today Right. And then let me show you how I can or you can utilize the software to actually remove some of those pain points. It's I, I think if you are a good partner, that's also how you're going to lead your conversations. Right. It's not like, oh, let's just talk ERP and let's just talk sales or field service and that type of stuff. And especially because a lot of it is already kind of interacting with each other anyways, right? If we're talking about field service or sales, a lot of the, the product sets should a lot of times live in your ERP and that just flows back and forth between some of those uh, components. So it's, I think, very important to understand the whole picture and not just the sales part of it or the CRM part of it and then cut it off over there. So, yeah. And if we look at it from an application perspective, you know, I was talking to a client last year that had this grander vision of what they wanted to do with CRM and it would have took quite an effort. And, you know, the comment was, well, you can do most of that in teams yeah. today, right? <laughs> they were trying to, cause they did, they hadn't really dug into teams yet. So I think this is where the smart partners are going to really, uh, you know, elevate themselves about the crowd the ones that can absorb these technologies, understand and probably use Absolutely. them internally. And like you said, business. also translate that to the customer, right? Kind of, um, I had this one demo that I did where they wanted to go through an approval process for a quote, 
And you can build that out. You know that probably just as you know as, as well as I do. Yes, I can build that out in in dynamics, but why wouldn't we use Teams for that, right? And then tie that data back in Dynamics so I can still read it. So that's, those are really good examples. But like you said, you want to make sure that you work with a partner that knows all of that technology, right? And is not kind of pigeonholing into, oh, we're just doing sales because that's when you're going to run into scenarios like that where people don't give you those solutions, right? So, yeah. So I think our partners need to start looking at their businesses differently over the next decade to say, what services am I going to provide for customers? Am I going to be the plumber that makes everything pull together and make the water flow through the business? Or am I going to be actually the designer of that system and the trainer of that system and be working with my clients on an ongoing basis to add these new technologies and we also at rsm we also say like look we don't want to sell these packages of software right we want to sell the solution we want to bring you a solution so that right like you said everything works well together um, but for that, obviously, you need to have those conversations with your, your prospects and your clients to fully understand uh, the whole goal of a digital uh, adoption platform, et cetera. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when I, when I uh, look at this, I, I really like to see more partner extend their proposition beyond the implementation, right? Uh, I mean, uh, and, and, and take the entire value chain into the, uh, the, um, uh, into the customer side. And say, look, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna actually get my payment depending on, on, on not just utilization, but what are the benefits you're getting, and that includes having, you know, every yeah. user adopted in there. I know that RSM is working that way, so, but, uh, but I see a very few, uh, there's, there are few amounts of partners or, or very few partners that actually go in that direction. Most of them stop at the door, they it. deliver their service and say, thank you so much, it's been a pleasure. And, and here's here's your documentation. Now now it's your solution, right? We turned over the keys to the house. Uh, uh, there might be some maintenance on this, right? And you come through the door and it's like pouring in with rain and, and the walls are falling apart. There's really no one there that takes that responsibility and brings that into the uh, client side. I think that the, uh, the clients, they're going to slowly start to expect that. If they're rolling out 178 applications inside their space, they're going to need partners that can actually take that responsibility. They just don't have yeah, the bandwidth absolutely. to do the rest. And also kind so, of taking on that yeah. advisor role, I feel as well, right? Really being that, and it's also kind of what RSM's motto is, right? Being that trusted advisor to your customers. And uh, like you said, kind of being there if they need us, not necessarily constantly having to hold their hands, but for them to have, to, to feel that they can reach out to the partner if, if need be. So. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I think we have to get away from, and I still see this all the time, where someone's been working on a project for two years, and let's say we're going to roll it out in the next 90 days. Oh, we better have a conversation about training now. Who's going to train these yeah. people, right? Yeah. Um, Let's figure this out early on as yeah. this is yeah. part of the whole project. Digital adoption and the use of these tools, they got to be right into the design. Stay with the people as you as you put the project together. And when you roll it out, it's just another phase of the project. It's not an afterthought. And it's still in our partner networks today. I don't want to call it, you know, 
the common way of doing things, but it's happening. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that as well. I mean, it it is, like you said, a very important because that's going to really decide. That's a big piece of deciding whether or not your project is going to be successful, right? If nobody's going to adopt the software and the solution, then, you know, how are you going to move forward? And, and like I said earlier as well, I, I think like being able to, to use some, uh, you know, tools to kind of help guide your users through the interface and through certain tasks and what do they need to do? So if we're looking at dynamic CRM, um, I keep forgetting the name of it, but they have those those help panes, right? That you can actually configure yourself. And then yep. um, one of my co- one of my friends, I was going to say coworkers, we're not coworkers. One of my friends, Asif Ramani, he actually his company actually built a, a an amazing tool that's called Visual SP that kind of sits on top of any browser based application, and you can like build all of these. Uh, user enhancements, training, I don't even know what to call it, tools, but which really are going to be so helpful, right, Rick, also after that training has been has been done. So that way you can keep everybody up to date and you can keep people engaged and keep them trained and understanding the application. And, and that works really well when we're staying within an application. It's just, you know, there's, it's more so now, right? Uh, how do we how do we take that across applications, yeah. across the way we work, and that becomes uh, much trickier. Yeah. Okay, you came, Would you like to uh, have any closing thoughts for today? No, I, I think that I think we've touched on most of it. I, I think that you know, if uh, user adoption had been a piece of hardware, we would have discovered this a long time ago, right? I mean, uh, no one would expect us to roll out a dynamic CE on broken hardware, but we are capable of rolling out CE really elegantly on a completely broken user adoption model. So I think that's you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. In, in terms of making sure that, that we take uh, the client that extra step and ensuring their success because it's not only our responsibility, but it's really good business as well. Okay, thank you. Uh, Dion, I, any I totally thoughts? agree with Joachim as well. And, and I also think that having that conversation with the client is usually very important as well, right? Because a lot of times they don't know, right? They count on us, on our experience. So having that conversation early on, and like you said, not at the finish of the project, right? Not when when we're almost done, like having that conversation early on, I think is gonna make a, a big impact as well. Okay, thank you very much for your time today and thanks for coming on uh, uh, digital adoption talks and uh, Dion, I'm sure we'll be back to you in the future to hear more about what's happening at RSM around digital adoption. Have a great day. Bye for now.